Hello, hello. Welcome to Saddest Night Out, episode 15. My name is Roy and I'm your host. This is a daily podcast where I just talk about whatever I feel like talking about, which typically involves music, be it my own music or live music in London. Today's episode, last night's gig, was More Rat and Javon at the Old Blue Last. I was vaguely aware of both artists before going in, but I hadn't really done a deep dive or listened intently. So it was mostly going to be about discovering them at the gig. And in my boundless professionalism, I sent Instagram DMs to both artists, I think like three or four hours before the show yesterday, saying, hey, my name's Roy, I have a podcast, I'd love to interview you just five minutes if you have the time. No pressure if you can't, I'm coming to the show anyway, but thought I'd try to contact you. So I sent those messages to both artists performing and also to Polly Shows, who was listed as the promoter for this show and Polly shows are the ones that got back to me and said sure I'm happy to do a little conversation said I can't speak for the artists but I'll be available I was like great that's I'll happily take that got there just in just before the doors had opened I was the first one up to the upstairs venue because it's a for those who've never been there it's a pub downstairs it's a just a normal pub upstairs is the live venue so the doors to upstairs weren't open when I got there there was a little bit of a queue and I was pretty much at the front of it. Doors finally opened. I went upstairs and said, hey, I'm the first one here. And there was a guy at the bar who said, well, technically, I'm the first one here. And I was like, oh, you have to just rain on my parade, don't you? But I asked, I said, are you involved with the show? And he said, yes. His name is Tom, and he works with Live Nation. And it was, tonight's show was a collab- collaborative effort between Polly Shows and Live Nation. So just through that lucky interaction... I got to talk to Tom from Live Nation as well. So the first conversation you'll hear is me talking to Harriet, who works with Polly Shows, and talking about who she works with, the show she puts on, the venue she works with, etc. And then I'll be talking to Tom, who works with Live Nation in the UK, and he will also talk about the same thing, the kind of ins and outs of his job when it comes to putting on shows in the UK, as well as discovering new talent, talent they've got their eye on, etc., and a little hint at do's and don'ts for newer artists who are looking to get on their level. And I'm immensely grateful to both of them for talking to me. I'm immensely grateful to anyone that talks to me and anyone that spreads the word about this podcast and their interviews, etc. Because I... This was... I'm not, I don't know most of the people I'm approaching before I approach them. So it's, I completely understand if anyone was to be like, yeah, I'd rather not. Strange guy with a microphone, why would I? But those that do, I hope they find the conversations are interesting. And I hope you, the listener, find the conversations interesting as well, because I certainly do. And yeah, I, ho- I met a couple of people who could feature in future episodes as well, actually. In fact, Javon, one of the people that performed last night, he replied to my DM after the show, saying, oh, I just saw this, are you still around? And I said, oh, sorry, I have to go, but are you still in London the rest of the week? And he said, uh, I'm heading back to Bristol, but I'd love to do an interview when I'm back. So hopefully I will get a chance to talk to him as well. And some of the other people that I managed to meet last night, the more the merrier, all are welcome to have a conversation with me on this podcast. Tonight's gig, in this slightly dreary, rainy, Good Friday weather, is at the Windmill in Brixton. I'm going to be seeing an all-dayer called Sonic Tonic. There's like six, seven, eight bands. The headline band is Yassassin. 
Looking forward to that. I'm seeing it with a friend I made, of course, at a gig. So that should be very fun. But for today's episode, you'll first hear me talking to Harriet, and then you'll hear me talking to Tom, and then, as usual, hear a little bit of music from me. So, without further ado, on with the show. I hope you enjoy. Testing, testing. One, two. I might just kind of move the microphone back and forth. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we are in the office of the Old Blue Last, and I am here with Harriet. Hello. Hi. What, what do you do with Polly Shows? Um, so I actually work for the Old Blue Last Limited. Mm-hmm. Um, we look after three different venues, and I program all of those. So we've got the Old Blue Last, Sea Bright Arms, and Birthdays. And actually, Polly whilst it's kind of like a handle I use, is kind of an in-house um, brand that we use for certain shows. So with Polly, I put on and generally support like up-and-coming bands and artists and do their kind of first shows with them and watch them grow within our venues um, and then generally lose them to other promoters <laughs> that take them further. So you kind of like pluck them from the unknown? Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's like a, obviously a massive circuit of venues and gigs and promoters of all different levels that are competing against each other all the time. But um, I think I try really hard to kind of keep on the cusp of all of those and I kind of try and yeah get like as many of them as possible through our venues and support them. So it's really nice to see how an artist grows. Like we've had like so many different people play here over the years, yeah. and like it's amazing to see them go like grow and like so I don't know like things like we've had Shame play here multiple times. And obviously they've just like yeah, they've sold out like right an electric ballroom, even though they don't like us very much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like it's great. You get to see so many different kinds of people and. It's just like a really rewarding experience in a way, but yeah, mm. like I said, then you lose them to a bigger, more corporate promoter. Well, like the three venues you've mentioned, Old Blue Last, Sea Bright Arms and Birthdays, those feel like pretty cornerstone venues mm-hmm. for East London. So did you start working with the venues first and then you developed Polly as a brand for live shows? Um, I used to live in Brighton and I was at university there and kind of just did little odd bits in terms of like helping with shows like um with other promoters and stuff and like repping and then um i worked for a little record label in brighton for a bit but then ended up coming and working here Mm -hmm. so it just all kind of happened like within that really it was just like the next thing to do um but like i mean even whilst it's like a big part of my job doing poly i actually kind of you know have to do the really boring stuff of running a venue as well so working with the venues is the main job and then like putting on shows through Polly is the side kind of yeah yeah like it's not maybe an integral part of my job it's just I push that more because I like doing it and yeah because I know there's quite a few shows where I see your name kind of attached to it so for yeah. something that's a side hustle you're yeah. doing it at home so that's <laughs> yeah. off to you and I do do some shows outside of our venues as well like I don't just necessarily always use them I mean maybe not as much as I should but yeah I mean like being a booker it has a like a lot of tenets to it. There's a lot of things that you have to do, which is what you realise more and more. So does it start with finding artists that you want to put on? Yes and no. Like, I mean, obviously there are situations where you kind of, you have to develop those relationships with, like, you know, 
agents and management and stuff but and they kind of like to use our venues to kind of use it as like a tester for bands and get people down to come and see them for example kind of like tonight I guess but then there's also the element of looking for stuff yourself which I do obviously um so yeah it's but then on top of that I guess like other responsibilities which is actually really boring um but like I don't know yeah you have to do so many different kinds of things to ensure that everything ticks over because we have shows on at each of our venues pretty much every day of the week, seven days a week for most yeah. of the year. And you have to we work with external promoters, we work with acts independently, like all different kinds of things. So there's so many different elements that go into it. So with the artists that might be at the complete bottom rung of the ladder, mm-hmm. where do you go to discover such artists? Um, just kind of like the usuals. I mean, like, you know... To be honest, if you're looking at something like DIY or like any of those kind of mediums, it means that they've already been found oh, to right. some capacity. So you want to get like before them, so to speak? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, obviously, when I say they've been found, like they may still have like 200 likes on Facebook, but like oh, yeah, it yeah. means that people are aware that they exist. Whereas if you're kind of using other networks, then that doesn't maybe apply so much. But I mean, to be honest, as much as like having like SoundCloud and stuff has helped. A&R and that element of the music industry going to a gig like in the old fashioned way <laughs> is the way that you're organically going to find new music and yeah. on a regular basis and it still is because a lot of the bands especially coming out of like certain scenes refuse to put music on SoundCloud so you have no idea what they sound like unless you actually physically see them yourself yeah yeah that might be some sort of like weird rock classes thing of not wanting to put anything out you have to come to see the real thing <laughs> well yeah and it's fair enough like that's the way it should be you shouldn't be driven by like what we do essentially like yeah what we do is great and it's a vehicle in which you can see new music but you shouldn't be driven by like Spotify likes and shit like that so, oh yeah um, you should so put, actually yeah. since you mentioned that if an artist approaches you saying they'd like to play and they'd like to use you as a promoter mm-hmm. are there certain like red flags you look out for or things that you think yes they're a safe bet like we were just talking about, say, Facebook likes and things, but do you use those as a bit of a measure? Um, again, yes and no. Um, ultimately, you can trick people with fake likes and buying followers and all of those yeah. things. And, like, of course it does apply. And, like, you, it's, a, I think, a good indicator is seeing how many of your friends or colleagues or people you know through the wider networks like them on Facebook do, yeah. um, or whatever. Um, I don't think it's, like what you should go by though always not solely like, I think, and I think that's what maybe sometimes people do and then it's but I, I, de- I think I've definitely done that and then had some of the worst shows of my entire life I wrote a show like no one shows up then no I was just embarrassed that I put the person so do you remember like some of the earlier shows that you put on mm-hmm. what kind of art do you, do you met still are any of those artists still going or were they mostly like flash in the pan-ish time of artists like around for a year or two and then um, I mean, like, I so I've only been doing this job for like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, so I started Polly in July last year. Okay. Um, but as a whole, like, I guess like there's bands that have stopped, but they're I don't like they're all at a certain level. It's not like you know, I don't know, your like Wolf Alice's of the world have broken up or something. So yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Wait, so is that a year and a half of just Polly in London? Uh, no, 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 no. It's a year and a half of working at the Albany Last Limited. Okay, so um, but then Polly started in July 2017. Oh, so I might have seen some of your earlier shows then. Cause yeah, probably. Since then, I could, I've just thought of you as a regular presence with live shows in London and realised it was actually relatively new. Yeah, no, super new, actually, yeah. 
Right. Well, you're doing pretty well, so congrats. But what about Brighton? Like, how long have you putting shows on there? Mm, well, I wasn't necessarily like putting on my own shows. Like, I went to university there, and um, there was like promoters like Teen Creeps and Be Nothing that were already like pretty established. So I used to kind of like just rep shows for them and stuff, mostly for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just quite a good way of finding out like how everything worked, especially coming from you know, an environment of, like, actually not really having that many friends that liked going to gigs and stuff with me, really. Yeah, I sympathise with you there. I'm <laughs> often going to gigs by myself, which is why I first started talking to people at gigs, and then one thing led to another, and now here we are. Yeah, I mean, friends. like, you know, even tonight's a prime example, like, actually trying to get your friends down for a show at the Old Blue Last every week, it's fine at the <laughs> beginning, but yes. um, people get bored. Yeah. I think I've had, like, four of my friends actually bail on me this evening. <sighs> I suppose you kind of... Develop that muscle that gets used to it, though, and like, oh yeah, no. yeah. next time, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that kind of thing. Exactly. So, are there any artists you've put on where your friends have been like, "Can you get me in for free?" Like, you haven't had to get any bend anyone's arm to get them to come. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there I any mean, particular favorites? Um, hmm. Well, we had like last year we when we opened Seabright Arms, we had like Gengar play, and we had Spring King, and we had Shame. Um, we had Bullfellas do a secret set here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I was all over Instagram live. Yeah, um, that's because one of our co- my colleagues had left, was left, um, leaving the company, um, I thought say country, but and the country, <laughs> but leaving the company and the country. So, so like a goodbye kind of show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, that's the thing I think that's nice is that you see, like, artists, you can see artists of all types of levels at our venues. So using Bullfellas as, as an example, did you first work with them when they were already somewhat established? Did you find them Oh, early? no, 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 no. Um, like, they're friends of the company. Um, that wasn't really done through, like, a... Uh, is that, like, more with Old Blue Lars then? Yeah, and just, like, um, the co- our colleague that left used to be their manager. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, those ties go way, way Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you were saying that you like to keep your nose to the grindstone in terms of finding new acts... You kind of hinted at maybe trusting the grapevine of other people in your line of industry. If they've heard of them as well, mm-hmm. that might be a good sign. What other people are you kind of your, your go-to? Like, have you heard of this artist? And if they say yes, you think? Um, I don't really know. Like, I think, to be honest, quite a lot of people are really cagey about it because they don't want to give away their secrets. <laughs> um, but I kind of do a few bits um, with, like, a few different promoters and we kind of, like talk amongst ourselves. Is it like private WhatsApp groups and Facebook messenger groups? Maybe like not to that extent, but I mean, honestly, like like I said, like I think it's more like people like to kind of keep it to themselves. But then obviously there is like a wider network of people that might talk about things, but I think if you're really keen on getting something booked in, you tend not to keep the shout cards about close it to until chest. it's a done deal. <laughs> yeah, just in case someone else kind of swoops in or something. Yeah, definitely. All right, so... What advice would you give to a new artist who's hoping to play someone like the old Blue Lars? Mm, just keep gigging. Like, I think a lot of young bands that I've come across sometimes think that less is more, but I actually disagree and think sometimes just getting out there and practicing and taking all of these opportunities when they're in front of you is way more important. And then you can be selective. And so, I think that's the only way that you're going to keep gaining more and more visibility. Really. So would you encourage kind of making the most of social networks and YouTube and things like that, putting things up there for um, people like you to find? 
Yes and no. I don't think you necessarily have to use those platforms. I think that using, like, yeah, your live performance is ultimately the most important thing. So you've got bands at the moment, like people like um, Sister Talk, Black Midi, um, Svelte Smith, none of them have any um, material online, but people keep booking them. Yeah, I've seen Black Media a few months ago, actually. Yeah. They're, like, super young as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ridiculous. They're talented. great. Really, really great. They're one of the best bands I've seen in ages. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I don't necessarily think you need to have everything out there on a plate if anything. The element of surprise is a little bit better. So does that mean your calendar is pretty packed between gigs you're putting on and gigs you're going to to find new artists? Um, well, yeah. I mean, the job that I do doesn't really stop at 5 p.m., yeah. Um, it's quite relentless. If anything, it kicks into high gear after five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it kind of depends what you... I mean, obviously, we go to a lot of shows for fun. Yeah. It's not always work. Like, I hope you can squeeze some you know, good times <laughs> in there. I went to see sports team last night, and that was purely for fun. Yeah. Um, That's a very charismatic front man they've got yeah. in their van. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's obviously like a mixture of both, I'd say. And in the immediate future, what are you most looking forward to? What, in terms of with regards shows? to Polly, with your shows or shows you're looking to attend? Um, I've got some exciting things coming to Blue this summer um, that aren't necessarily all Polly, but they're things that I'm working on with high-profile bands okay, okay. <laughs> and magazines. A so. raise of your eyebrow there, but we'll keep that close <laughs> to the chest. Um, yeah, so I think I'm really excited about those. Hopefully if I can pull it off and they go well. Is that as far ahead as you're planning, like up to the summer and then... Beyond... Yeah. Up to like the end of 2018, like all the way yeah, through the year? Yeah, to some extent. It's like, I mean, mostly, yeah, till September at the moment, but it's good to keep ahead when you've got three venues on the go at all times. It makes sense. So, like, right now, you're looking as far as September, next month it will be October, and so, like, forever trying to keep that Yeah, much just a space. little bit ahead and always planning. It's really important too, otherwise, things creep up on you and you forget. <laughs> and then it's bank holiday weekend and you haven't got a gig booked. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for your time, Harry. Cool. Enjoy You're tonight's welcome. show. Thank you. Testing, testing one, two. What's that? Hello? Hello? I think we're good. Okay, so we're still backstage at the Old Blue Last for the Javon and Morat show, and I'm here with Tom from Live Nation. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Live Hi. Nation. How are you, Tom? <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah. How long have you been with Live Nation then? Uh, a couple of years. Because they, well, they're a quite a reputable name when it comes to live music. How did you get your foot in the door with them? Uh, kind of persistence, I guess. Um, just keep knocking at the door and maybe it'll open. But um, yeah, yeah, they're very reputable. Uh, the, the, the biggest promoter in the world. So yeah. um, all gigs from every size, like club level. You know, we're at the old blue last up to you know stadium level, um, nationally, internationally. So. Yeah. So, were you putting on gigs before you started working with Live Nation? Are you doing anything with live music? Yeah, I mean, I used to. I um, uh, went to university in Bristol and I used to put on gigs there, a night called Happiness, oh, which was uh, kind of angry, ironically, <laughs> very angry, oh, okay. unhappy band. I see what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since you've been with Live Nation, is it mainly this level of live shows you've been working on, or is it bigger level, smaller <laughs> level? It's, it's, it's everything. It's um, you know the the future arena acts, the future stadium acts. They start here. Um, you know, no one can make that jump straight away, and you've got to be there every step of the way, um, building the band along with the manager, the agent, the label. Um, 
and yeah, so you can't you can't jump in at a level. You've got to yeah. You've got to earn the, it to be at that level. Yeah, yeah, raise the profile of the act, you know, and help where you can. I mean, they've got to be good to get there. Um, but yeah, any extra help you can provide, selling mm-hmm. tickets, you know, that's that's all we can do. So if we use tonight's show as a snapshot of what you kind of do, what Live Nation entails. Mm-hmm. When did you first hear of the acts that are playing tonight? Um, well, more rap uh, primarily. Um, online, she's an Australian act, it's the first time in the UK. Um, I wanted to get her over for a while. You know, it, it costs money to, for Australian acts to try and break it over here. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's an expensive flight, especially when you're playing to an undercap, you know, 200 cap venue. Yeah. Um, luckily, the Australian government are really good and they give grants out to up and coming artists, which awesome. really helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you know, if your music's at a level for an international act like this, you've got to make that first step, and from there you can build. So, is it you personally that discovered more at, or was it more like you noticed there was a bit of a bar, like this name kept showing up, and then you sought out for it yourself? Yeah, a bit of, a bit of both. It's um, it's just like any fan would. It's not particularly special to a, a promoter or an agent or a manager, like especially with the international acts. You know, if they sound good and yeah, if they haven't been over and you're know, relatively new, you know, no album out yet, you know, maybe an EP, there's obviously going to be interest since they've got that ability or you think they've got the ability to grow. Yeah. You know, you want to help them do that. So, is this the level of artists that you tend to approach when you want to put them on here in the UK? For international acts? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you could. It's hard to say really, it's, 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 it's different, you know, you can have an act that does arenas in Belgium but will do a 300 cap venue in London, you can have an act that vice versa, that, you know, is, is, is from South London and they're huge here and, you know, it's all relative, you, basically, yeah. So what about, say, bands that are from the UK are they, or even from, I'm guessing you're based in London? Yeah, yeah. Are there any acts in the city that you've kind of got your eye on and looking to work with? Yeah, there's you know there's lots in London, but you know there's there's lots in Brighton's a great hub for it. Bristol, yeah. you know Manchester, Sheffield, like well, there's no particular place, and because it, really the UK is quite small, you know if you really want to make it, you're going to be travelling around a bit. It's not going to cost you a lot of money. You can do it in your mate's van. You can buy, you know you can get yourself in front of people. Um, so even though I will watch most new acts in London. You know, I, I'll, I'll go up to Manchester and I'll, I'll go to different places if I think I need to be on it super early. Oh, um, so do you cast in it far and wide, like checking artists out live as well as, say, online to see? <coughs> yeah, I mean, my, my business is in live music, so as good as they can sound on record, if they're awful live, I, you know, I don't want to promote them. Um, and when it know, comes to working with someone, before you say see them live, if you don't have a chance to see them live, how yeah. much... Do, do metrics like Facebook likes or YouTube plays and that, how much do they weigh into your decision? Or is it more with the music itself? Is it more of a gut reaction to the music that you go on? I think it depends on the genre. Um, you know, for rock, music, metal, you're probably looking at a less engaged audience online, but that doesn't correlate to live. Like, you know, if they if they built from the ground up, you can have a really strong live following. Um, and vice versa is true with you know with, with pop or hip hop. You can have thousands, I mean hundreds of thousands, millions of plays on Spotify. 
likes, Facebook likes, Instagram followers, you know, you put on a show for the first time in the Lexington and no one turns up. So yeah. it's yeah, there is a correlation, but it's not as easy as as just looking at the stats and that relates to ticket sales because unlike record sales or streams, I think ticket sales are a real direct metric of how engaged in audiences or how popular they are because people want to leave their house or their workplace yeah. or that's and the truest testament of yeah, like how want. invested you are in an artist to yeah, physically go out <clears throat> so is there any advice you'd give or anything you'd, any previous examples you've seen of new artists who've made an effective method of building a live follower yeah I mean if you look at it's hard to say there's so many but if you if you look at a band like um, Idols from Bristol where they've been um at it for a while locally, um, they really learn their trade there, learn each other as a band and what, how they want to sound, and then taking that um, when it's ready to grow um, on the road and relentlessly and, and played in towns and, and earned the right to, to, get, to get a crowd, not just in the UK but in Europe, you can really see that because they're so um, passionate live and they're such a great live outlet, people really connect and it's, and more than anything it's that kind of um, word of mouth thing um, that's really helped and you know obviously they've got the music to back it up it's, it's incredible stuff but it's it's, it's it's the combination you know even yeah. with the music if they hadn't done what they've done uh, yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't be such a force live so with an artist so Mola is the main artist that you are familiar with tonight mm. Beyond, say, tonight's show, are you looking at next steps with working with the artist? Are you already looking at when to bring them back, next venue, etc.? How does that typically work? <clears throat> Completely. It's, it's, a, it's an amalgamation of um, agent, manager, promoter, label. It's when's the right time, when's the songs being released, you know, when's, is there a radio play coming up? Are they going to get A-listed or B-listed on Radio 1 or 6 or, you know what the stats like in the UK, is there a reason to come over, is an album coming out, okay great there is one, you can come over in October, November, or you're going to come around festival season, we're going to do some stuff around festivals and then do some live shows off the back of it, it's, it's always thought out and it's logical and you know you can, you, you try your best to, you know, to put those, um, put those kind of logical thoughts into process and, and, and hopefully people can. Yeah, are you, so are you kind of weighing up all of those concepts with all of the artists that you're concerned with throughout 2018? Are you looking throughout the whole calendar of 2018 mm. of who's going to come in and out of the UK and also who's going from the UK, say, to Europe or America? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a UK promoter. I'm, I'll only put on shows um, around the UK, say... For me, I'm yeah. If they're UK based, it's a bit more work because they probably want to play a bit more. There's a lot more build that happens here. With an international act, there's a there's a bigger build that happens within their own country and other countries, and we're kind of in a way uh, part of the bigger picture. But we're still part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, it's just it's timing is is critical really in all these things. And in the near future, are there any artists that you are, if you want to like, plug any shows that you're putting on, or are there any shows that you're going to to check out someone who has some potential? Yeah, or do you keep those cards close to the chair? I'm trying to think of an actor that, um, okay. that, that's not, um, that's already kind 
kind of done. Okay, summer's not like a bit of a secret that you. Yeah, in a way. Um, but maybe I'll give you one secret. There's, a, there's an app called Black Midi that I saw in um, Brixton Windmill, and it's 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 crazy, but it's like um, I feel like they're really onto something. Yeah, that and, like I. Funny enough, Harriet, who I spoke to earlier tonight, also mentioned Black Midi. No and they are a band that I've seen before as well. Mm. And that sound, because there's them, and I'm drawing a blank of all... There's a band called Haze as well. There's Cruel Intentions. Mm. There seems to be a, a sound that's like almost... I thought of it as a retaliation to indie rock, where they seem to be really pushing the avant-garde. How do you feel about that genre of music, that breed of band? Yeah, I think there's a lot of creativity in there that... Um, you can't really, if, you're, yeah, if you've got a lot to say, maybe it's not always about lyrics, it's about kind of how you structure songs and, and how you kind of want to brutalise like a, a, a kind of an already clean sound and there, there's a lot of space to kind of enjoy that. So, yeah. Alright, and just to kind of round it out, personally, were there any artists, sorry, there's just some people coming past us, I think we can still hear that. Personally, in your growing up, were there any artists that really turned the dial for you and made you think, okay, say alternative music, rock music, whatever, that's the stuff I'm into? I remember the first act I fell in love with, and it's probably still my favourite act, is John Martin, who's like a, like a folk, rock, blues troubadour. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it just, I mean, but that's the point of he pushed the boundaries really and it really kind of turned me on to to music and it would, in, in being, able to, being able to kind of hold it up as something um, greater than just sticking the radio on it became to mean something and um, and being able to put that to a time and, it, and it's kind of you know without sounding a bit too wanky it's a bit like um, poetry it's, it's kind of when you realise that someone's way of thinking or the way they're expressing yourself, their selves, um, you can completely relate to. And when you find that, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. And, and that's where, I think that's where it becomes, from a good act or really good artist you like listening to, to something that's kind of moulds you as well as a person. Like, and yeah, and, and that's the best thing ever. And hopefully, you know, the gigs I put on, um, you know, now and in the future, I want to have those artists playing and and create those kind of tangible moments in time, those experiences where people are like, that is, you know, this bit is the best bit, and and, and that's what we can kind of hope to do. Whether I do it or not is another question. Many <laughs> <laughs> people say you're not doing that at all. But, yeah. Well, that's a very romantic note to end it on. Thank you very much for your time, man. No, pleasure. And that was that. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again to Tom and Harriet for their time. And thank you to Javon and Morat for an awesome show. And the old Blue Last for putting it all together, etc. And all the little people and Jesus and God, etc., etc. Couple things. One, I think my microphone started to glitch a little bit while I was talking to Tom, which worried me because I only bought one and it was very cheap. So I hope it holds out a little bit longer. I did lose the, the fuzzy cushion that kind of softens the recordings. I think it comes with a spare, so I'll have to take care of that too. I made like four different takes of the intro recording. 
because I'm starting to become a little bit self-conscious of the fact that people might be listening to this, which is the complete opposite of what the intention was for this. So to try and counteract that, the piece of music I'm going to put at the end of this is, some, is the first piece of music I think I ever put online. And it dates back to, like, 2012. It's a song called Virgin. I think it might still be on Bandcamp somewhere. And it's very rough. It's like a punk pop kind of song. And, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. I'm getting in my own head about recording these things. And it was meant to be just a daily spit it out before you can think too much about it. So I had to kind of force myself to get back to that mentality. So this piece of music from, oh God, six years ago, if not longer, will be what plays us out on this episode. Thank you very much for listening. You can find me on the usual places, Twitter and Instagram at saddestnightout, or email me saddestnightout at gmail.com if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, etc. And I do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash saddestnightout, a pound a month. <coughs> can help me to grow this thing. Jesus Christ, I've had this cough for like almost four weeks now. They say if you had a cough for longer than a week or two, you should see a doctor. And that might very much be the case. Anyway, enough about me. Thanks for listening. I'll see you again tomorrow. And enjoy this this very DIY piece of music. See you later. It seems there's very little upon which we can agree. And my resolve is brittle, so my side is rarely seen. Life's an endless run of sums that can't be done on fingers and thumbs It's the awkward back and forth of trying to